Hey there, We Can't Wrestle Podcast listeners. If you haven't noticed, we have switched our server to Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First of all, it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app, or go to anchor.fm to get started. Highly recommended by me and everybody else here at the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Hello, wrestling fans, and welcome to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. The whole crew is here, Nate, Aaron, and Kyle. Gentlemen's happy 2019. How's it going? It's good. It's adequate. It's good. It's good. Well, Aaron, good. to start off the show, I want to get, because uh, Kyle and I talked about it on the um, Modern Product show last week. Um, Never heard of it. Mean Gene, mean Gene Okerlund, we talked about Gene. Any memories other uh, 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 from you of, of, of old Mean Gene Okerlund? Like, very sad. Piece of my childhood. Yeah. Fuck um, it. I know that, you know, when I told you he died or or not told you that he died, but, like, you know, when we heard about it, I said, you know, other than Mooney, they're all dead now. Hmm. And you were like, well, Vince and Jesse are still around. But to me, and this isn't knocking, like, Vince McMahon as a commentator or whatever, hmm. but to me, the soundtrack of my childhood is Rolla Monsoon, Bobby Heenan, Gene Okerlund, Sean Mooney, and Alfred Hayes. Yeah. Like, I know Vince was there, and I know Jesse was there, but those are the guys for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I enjoyed it more when it was like um, Gorilla and Bobby, or, and, and I think they're underrated. Sean Mooney and Alfred Hayes. Oh, they were fun together. Like funny they, as fuck. They they Who? like <laughs> they the, the, watching them on the the old like especially like the prime times of the Coliseum home videos. Those guys. I don't know if either one of them ever called a hold. They just sat down together and started talking over a match. Like oh, like Mooney and Al. <laughs> what? Mooney and Al. Yeah. Yeah, they just That's... had a conversation, and you could tell that like Sean Mooney just loved the shit out of Alfred Hayes. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like to me, those guys are great, and obviously Bobby and Gorilla Monsoon together was fucking gold. Any there, I've I've seen people on fucking social media or whatever saying that like Gorilla Monsoon was overrated and Bobby wasn't that funny, and it's like bullshit. Those guys are great. Those guys are just those are those are internet those are internet trolls because nobody with half a brain would ever actually have that thought. (laughs) So, but to me, that was like the core group of guys because, like Jesse, he'd come in for the pay per views and the Saturday night's main event, you know. Mm -hmm. So he would talk about the big shit. But it's like if you want to watch fucking comedy gold. You gotta watch a fucking Barry Horowitz, Steve Lombardi match, and 
and hear these guys talk about it and watch Gene interview people. And and my favorite Gene Okerlund thing is Rock and Roll Hoochie Q. <laughs> to me, if you if you want to watch something that is fantastically awesome and totally 80s, watch fucking Mean Gene Okerlund's thing and Rock, rock and Roll Hoochie Q. It's fucking great. Another, another underrated chemistry that two guys had together a lot of people i mean i mean i don't think anybody ever really talks about it but when you would have mean gene okerland with a buffoon acting lord alfred hayes those two always had a really good chemistry too i mean not not obviously not to the extent of gene and bobby but i always thought gene and, and al hayes and i told kyle last week gene okerland um, um, I've I'm fed up. Dirty old man Gene Okerlund is the best thing of WCW in the entire year of two thousand. <laughs> yeah, hey, blow it out your ass. Blow it out your ass, you little prick. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! You know who else was cool together? Um, um, and and it's not a commentator or whatever. Um, I used to like when Mean Gene would interview Conan. Yeah. Like, you could tell they really dug each other. Like, I, I just think, like, Gene made... Gene could take a marginal talent and make him entertaining in the interview. Well, there's a reason why when he was... When they were giving him his push and he was on the rise, nobody ever interviewed DDP except Mean Gene. Mean Gene would always interview DDP, if you notice. Um, and there was a reason for that, because Mean Gene was the kind of interviewer that could help DDP with his interviews. Because DDP was kind of a one-trick pony. DDP sucks. Well, yeah. <laughs> but Gene Okerlund made DDP seem more important, if that makes sense. He made everybody seem more important. And he was... Um, I don't want to say it. He, I don't want to say soundtrack in my childhood because we all say that. But he was, Gene Okerlund was the constant. Mm-hmm. Like, tell me somebody that's more constant in the professional wrestling industry from the Hulkamania era, era to the end of like the Attitude Era. There's nobody. Nobody. Right. Because you can say, like, you know, like, Fred Blassie was around, but Fred Blass and I love Fred Blassie, but he wasn't always on. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Gene Oakland was, all, from, like, 1983 to, to 2000, Gene Oakland was always there. Yeah. Like, to me, Gene Oakland was the voice of professional wrestling. Well, when you think of, when you think of the, the, the... The 80s wrestling boom. You think of Hulk Hogan, Andre the Giant, Randy Savage, and Mean Gene Okerlund, and Roddy, and Roddy, P- and Roddy Piper. So to be, for, announce, for an announcer to be in that air, you know, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty uh, high praise for, for old Mean the Gene. Other, the, the funny other thing, the other thing, thing is... the other funny thing about Mean Gene, I told Kyle last week, like, 
When they said he was 76 when he died, I thought he was much older than that because when we were kids, I thought he was in his 50s. <laughs> yeah. He always looked old, like Morgan Freeman. <laughs> the other crazy thing is, if you think about it, like, um, like him and Bobby, the reason they were so great was they were in the AWA together, and then they left. And then they were in the WWF together, and then they left. And they were in the WCW together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, those guys were like, like peanut butter and jelly, they just they just worked, they they just went together, and even Bobby comes to WCW, Gene's like, I can't get away from you. You follow yeah, me everywhere. I can't everywhere. get away from you. You're like a bad penny or whatever. He's like, Jesus Christ. Now I do know that we that we have our separate and, and topic. Real quick, real quick, sorry to stop it, like. Did it ever seem like, you know, Gene was super annoyed with Bobby, but Bobby liked Gene? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was like like a little bit of a role reversal thing. Like, he would make fun of him or whatever, but like it looked like, Bo- like I-, I know in real life the guys loved each other, but it seemed like Bobby was just like... Bobby's character, like, followed, in his followed mind, he was Gene just around. his friend. Yeah. You know, but Gene was like, fucking this guy just keeps showing up. <laughs> One of my favorite things is when they're like driving a Coliseum home video and their car breaks down. That's a fun one. And then when they're golfing, that's fun too. <laughs> like, there's so much shit that as a kid I liked it. You know, I thought it was funny. But the older I've gotten, the more I appreciate it. Just by how fucking phenomenal both of them were at their jobs. And there's never, ever, uh, there there could be another, like, you know, Jesse Ventura as a commentator. There could be another girl of a monsoon. But there's, like, three guys of non-wrestlers, and one of them is a wrestler, so you shouldn't say that. Well, Bobby was a wrestler, too. But there's three, like, as a kid... I didn't look at them as wrestlers. There's three personalities that I don't think there will never be another equivalent of and it's Gene Okerlund, Bobby Heenan, and Fred Blassie. I don't think there will ever be anybody like those three guys. Ever. Ever. And that's my statement on that. Kyle, what were you going to say? Sorry. I was going to say we'll probably talk more about it uh, for the modern product thing, but since it coincides with um Mean Gene Oakland. Uh Did you guys happen to check out uh, Hulk Hogan's? I guess Hulk Hulk Hogan made me cry. Elegiary, yeah. When he talked about the tag team match up in heaven thing, I was like, oh my god! <laughs> it's I'll tell you. It's tell like you what you, I didn't see it. You don't. You don't. Um, you, well, essentially, what he said was Mean Gene's up upstairs. You know, he's upstairs. With Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon competing for a tag team match as the Macho Man and Ultimate Warrior take on Mr. Perfect and Andre the Giant or something like that. And it was just, no, Roddy Piper and Andre the Giant's in the corner playing poker or whatever. And you're just thinking as he's saying all this, it's like crushing. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, you don't, because wrestlers are, because we get to watch them 
anytime we want on video or whatever. They're kind of they're kind of immortalized. You know, I don't watch a wrestling show and think about the fact that fifty percent of the people on it are dead. But then when Hogan said that, it just you know, it just kinda hit home and it was like Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is Roddy Piper gone, but Jake Roberts is still <laughs> fumbled but fucking around? I just think it was a nice uh, tribute. They did a good job. It was an appropriate use of Hogan. He didn't put himself over. However, however, fuck him for what I saw the day after. I didn't see. Well, I saw somebody mention it online, so I looked it up myself. He was wearing that shirt, the Mean Gino Mania shirt. Yeah. At the tribute. Well, now he's selling those shirts on his website for 20 bucks. And check this out. If you want it autographed, it's 75 bucks. And I was like, you know what? Fuck you, Hogan. <laughs> last, night you, last night you got me in the fields, and today I want to, you know, fuck you. You said the N-word, you fuckhead. <laughs> but... You know, he just loves to fucking destroy his image, he's doesn't a, he? He's a shill. I mean, he's Hogan. Jesus. He's Hogan. He's Hogan. I know he's Hogan, but damn, it's like. So, Aaron, what did you think? What did you think of Kyle's idea for the? Did you read it when he sent us the text message about his idea for the show? Yeah, it's okay. I knew that. I didn't respond because I don't respond to text messages that are more than four paragraphs. <laughs> I, you know, as soon as I sent it, I was like, Aaron's going to sit back and be like, this is too fucking long to read. Yeah. It's like a goddamn <laughs> New Testament. So, Kyle, do you want to explain? Yeah, basically, it's you explain, going... I know what you're saying. I'm going to walk away for two seconds, but you guys keep talking. So, basically, what we're going to do is we're going to pick a subject, okay? Um... And that subject is going to be something that is universally panned by critics, fans, whatever the case might be. And then we're going to have one person play the judge. Uh, One person is going to be the prosecutor. The other person is going to be the defense. And basically, the job is, is that, let's say, if I'm the defense, even if I disagree, even if it's... Fuck, I. Hey, there's Mojo lots, Raleigh. There's lots of lawyers that have defended guilty clients. <laughs> I need to give the best case for the my client. So basically, it's it's a fun alternative to where we can, you know, and it will be times that we passionately believe in something. Yeah, because so, there's there's stuff that's happened in wrestling that other people hate that I really like. And I just thought it'd be a fun way to kind of go about it. And my first idea was uh, I just oh, oh. It, if you guys want to go and we can kind of decide here now or whenever who goes or who isn't that what. WWE slogan now when you watch what? the show? <laughs> when, like when Raw comes on, it's like boom, boom here now, whenever. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I figured the first one we could do was Giant Gonzalez. I want to be the judge. Okay. 
Aaron, do you want to defend a giant Gonzalez idea or prosecute the giant <laughs> Gonzalez idea? I'll defend giant Gonzalez. <laughs> All right, then I'm prosecuting uh, giant Gonzalez. You want to do this now, or do you want to wait till later? No, I gotta, I gotta get amped up, man. Yeah, I figure we. Uh, I gotta announce it now. Then I gotta buy a three-subject college-ruled notebook. <laughs> <laughs> So is we it just giant Gonzalez. So, so we don't is, we don't want to do hey, it. We don't want to do it on this show. We want to do it on the next whoa. show. Or hey, yeah, give us time hey, to prepare I our cases. Questions. All right, Aaron's got questions. Is it just giant Gonzalez, or is it like El Gigante, giant like his entire existence? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go his entire existence. <laughs> like even in WCW. Yeah, when he had like his Jiffy Pop hat and all that, and uh, and and uh, Gary Michael Capetta interviewed him because Gary Michael Ca- lying his ass off because <laughs> Gary Michael Capetta speaks Spanish. <laughs> like Gary Michael Capetta said that he he spoke. Like I've I've heard him talk about it where he said that he spoke some Spanish, but he didn't speak it like conversational Spanish. Uh-huh. So El Gigante was like saying shit, and Gary Michael Capetta, like like El Gigante was like, blah, 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 blah. and Gary Michael Capetta was like, El Gigante says he really loves you guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's going on? El Gigante <laughs> says he loves wrestling in the United States of America. Yeah. <clears throat> and then there were like. People from wherever El Gigante was from was like, no, he said, I really like hot dogs and I appreciate everybody. <laughs> but yeah, I figure we'll take a week and allow us to make our cases for why or why not. El Gigante, why mm-hmm. or why not? Exactly. <laughs> We're not only debating... We're not only debating should he have existed, we're actually debating whether he actually existed. Right. Or was it all just like a figment? Paul Heyman and Jerry Lawler. <laughs> or was it just a figment of our imaginations? That's one of my favorite Jerry Lawler, or like... Oh, the ECW? Jim... Yeah, when Jim Ross was doing the great debate, and he was like, we got Paul Heyman out here debating whether or not ECW is great, and we got Jerry Lawler out here. Debating whether or not ECW actually exists. No, he said, or whether or not ECW should exist. And Waller says, yeah. I think we're debating whether ECW, it does exist. Yeah, great. <laughs> so you guys, you guys have any topics or I, should I start? I, I have a topic. I'm going to bring it up after the first break though. So if either one of you guys got something, shoot. Um. Yeah, I actually, uh, I've been going back and watching a shit ton of uh, primetime wrestling. Fantastic. I um, was actually watching the uh, the when Bobby Heenan got his own show. <laughs> Get your and shoe. And they had Roddy Piper take over. Get your shoe, dummy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> With Jameson. <laughs> and it caps off. Caps off with, with, it just, it cracked me up. The the funniest, the greatest thing was 
the the last episode Piper's on with Santa Claus, where Bobby Heenan loses the uh, the trivia challenge, mm-hmm. and has to dress as <laughs> Santa Claus because Roy Piper the entire night is like, you know what, Bobby, I, I appreciate the fact that you're you're being a stand up guy. You lost the bet, and you're being you know doing it for the kids, and I appreciate it. And fucking like Bobby Heenan is like. Hey kids, come here! I got a secret to tell you. <laughs> and you see, fucking Piper's face turn. Isn't that the one they got in trouble for? Yep. But it's just great because fucking Piper's putting him over. Like, oh, you're you're not that bad of a guy. You're a stand up guy. And then he's like, "Hey kids, gather around! I got a secret to tell you." <laughs> I'm about to shit in your Cheerios. <laughs> But I love the fact that fucking Monsoon would throw a match like, oh, we're going to go to this match now. And uh, Bobby, it's one of your guys. Let's see how well he fares. Yeah. Uh, I'll be like, what? <laughs> my, I got, what does he say? I got so much, I got so much fan mail. My, my mailman in Beverly Hills is hunchbacked. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like we were talking about the good old days. Yeah, for you guys, the um, some of those early prime times are rough, not because of Bobby and Gorilla, but because of some of the matches. Like they'll they'll just uh, they'll have a twenty five minute match between Jorge Estrada and Steve Lombardi, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the best part was like they they take a break in the middle of it. And then they come back from commercial, and Gorilla be like, "Bobby, what do you think?" And Bobby be like, "About what?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that type of shit. And <laughs> this is like you would not be able to do this in 2018. And um, I'm just putting this out there. I don't have. I'm I'm a I'm a pretty liberal guy. A pretty liberal guy. But there's an episode where there's like a little gorilla, like <laughs> sitting on the sitting on the desk, and they come back from a commercial, and basically Bobby's like, "Oh, you got a you got a Coco Beware doll over there." <laughs> and girl's like, "What are you talking about?" He goes, "Yeah, you got that Coco Beware doll over there," and gorilla's like, "That's a that's a baby gorilla." Bobby and he's like, yeah, like I said, it's a little Coco Beware doll. <laughs> Funny shit. Or I love the fact that Monsoon was on on, on him. And he's like, he's like, I thought you were a broadcast journalist. He didn't. Bobby's like, where's where's all your news and info? He's like, I don't have my phone. Piper stole it. <laughs> there's a there's a period of time where Gorilla bans Bobby from using the phone. Yep. Uh, I wish they w- also have a banana phone. I wish WWE. Would... Yeah, that's that was what it was. Fucking <laughs> Piper stole his banana phone. I actually wish. Well, w- then the banana phone breaks. Like Bobby gets mad and he breaks the <laughs> banana phone. Okay, but then he gets the bill <laughs> fixing the banana phone, and it's forty five dollars. <laughs> and Bobby is pissed. That it's forty five dollars to fix the banana phone. Is is Bob, should is, not have 
Is Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon on primetime wrestling the longest storyline in wrestling history? Because, like, they just go through, like... It went, like, ten years. Yeah, when they go they go through, like, six years of just their little story, you know, and talking about their little people in production and, like you said, the little thing with the banana phone or this thing or that thing or, you know, like, the birthday cakes and stuff like that, like... Just watching, just watching those segments is like a storyline all the way through. And it's great when like Bobby's like, like girls like answer the phone. Bobby's <laughs> like, I'm not gonna answer the phone. Oh, why will you answer the phone, Bobby? Well, the last time I answered the phone, he put my face in the cake. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not gonna put your face in the cake. No, no, I, I know, I know you're gonna put my face in the cake. You know, it's like. They would bring up shit from like a year ago. Yeah, it's like the last time I <laughs> the last time I answered the phone, he put my face in the cake. Like it, it, the, it was just prime, shit. Prime, those... and, and then Bobby, like Bobby would say something, and then Gorilla would just be like, ha ha ha, and like <laughs> do his gorilla, do his gorilla, laugh. gorilla, and Bobby hosting primetime wrestling had a better story runner than the WWE does right now. <laughs> yeah. Like they'd be like, hey, remember two and a half years ago when he put his face in the cake? <laughs> I wish WWE Network would put up the um the prime times after what they have up like the with the table oh, set. Doing, like studio? Yeah. The ones where Vince and Bobby were in the studio and then also the table mm-hmm. set one where they'd have like Jim Duggan and Hillbilly Jim yeah. and because Bob, like, Bobby would get in some good jokes on Hillbilly Jim and Jim Duggan and shit, too. Like Vince was wearing hammer pants. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the one. That One of those is one of those is the one where Bobby... Snake burgers. Snake burgers. Yeah. One of those is also one of the ones where Bobby tells that joke to that guy where he's like, you know, if you would have uh, if you would have killed her 20... 20- yeah, he asked his wife. He asked his wife. <laughs> this guy was on there, and Bobby was like, how long have you been married to your wife? And he's like, uh, twenty years. He goes, you know, if you would have bear- if you would have murdered her like twenty one years ago, you'd be out by now. <laughs> if you would have, he says, if you would have killed her on your wedding night, you'd be out by now. You'd be out by now. It's a great <laughs> fucking joke. <laughs> and then there's the other one where he's walking through the studio and he's like, like he hits the guy on the ladder. There's like a guy on the ladder. And then there's this other chick, and she's like wearing the jumpsuit, and he's like, "Hey, who, who dressed you? The state? <laughs> the state? That's a great fucking joke." <laughs> he was such an asshole, and it was so great. Who dressed you? The state? I love who it. dressed you? The state? <laughs> I love that fucking joke. <laughs> oh shit! The 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 last great. Bobby Heenan is the fucking Survivor Series match. I like Bobby and Dusty Rhodes together, though. Well, I do, too, but I'm saying, like, WWF and just, like, what Bobby was was that Survivor Series match. That's the, that's, like, the last, like, super, super great Bobby Heenan like when he got to WWE, when he got uh, that's something I was going to talk about in a little bit. But when he got to WCW, he had great moments. Like, um, what do you like with your dragon screw? A little bit of leg whip. A little leg whip. 
<laughs> I mean, that's like a great joke, and he had funny stuff, but the Bret Hart, Hart brothers versus Shawn Michaels and the Knights. Is this that's the, the, is this the that's, fireman? That's, <laughs> is this the teacher? Fireman. He's laughing when he's like, is this the substitute teacher? <laughs> like, by that yeah. point, by that point, he's just and, entertaining and, and, himself. And then he, like, Bruce Hart tags in, and they're like, oh, here comes Bruce Hart. He's like, oh, they had nine months, and the best they could think of was Bruce. <laughs> That's a great fucking, it, it's all good shit. And then, like, like Stu Hart's wearing, like, a Bruins jacket, and he goes, oh, yeah, it's Martha Hart on his coat there. <laughs> you know shit like that that guy was fucking phenomenal <sighs> but yeah do yourselves a favor guys go go back and watch some prime time you will fucking you'll appreciate it watch some of ye old prime time wrestling yeah it'll do you good well we're about to hit our first break here and when we return, I will present... What else will do you good? Some blue chew. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so some fucking Roll Tide. Roll t- um, yeah, I kind of made some comments. That was a stupid here. joke. Sorry. Go ahead. No, it's it's the truth, though. <laughs> God damn, anymore. I listen to some of these podcasts, and it's like... I took a blue chew. Did you? And, yeah, and it got stuck in my throat. I've had oh. a stiff neck for a week. <laughs> Baroot. <laughs> that was like a mean gene joke. <laughs> but go ahead. Bobby right. Bobby would have been like, you wish. All right. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. When we come back, I have a, uh, a question I want to pose to my co-hosts. Um... And then, I haven't got to ask any of my questions in my notebook. Well, we will go. We will go from there. After that, we'll be right back after this with more of the We Can't Wrestle podcast, the first, uh, the first classic wrestling edition of 2019. And we'll be right back after this. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Aaron was just telling us you have, what, 17 things you want to talk about? It's actually 27. 27. But... No, not really. Um, so, we're back, and before we get started with whatever we're going to talk about next, um, I would like to encourage our, and Kyle, I don't know that you're particularly familiar with this guy's story. I know Aaron is. I have been posting on our Facebook page for people to contribute to the GoFundMe for former professional wrestler Jerry Gray. Yes. Friend of the show and a great guy, a great storyteller. 
He was a really good wrestler as far as an enhancement talent goes back in the old days, back in the NWA and world class and, and mid South. And, uh, if you ever get a chance to listen to one of Jerry Gray's stories on another podcast, do that. He's a great storyteller. And again, great guy battling stage four cancer. And you can click the link on our Facebook page and contribute to Jerry's um, GoFundMe. I have his. I've talked to him. I have his permission to talk about this on the on the podcast and to put it on the Facebook page. So, and if just, you ever just, get the chance to call out Jake Snake Roberts on all his bullshit, feel free to do that too. Jake Roberts owns owes Jerry Gray like ten thousand dollars. Because uh, Jake like, Roberts is a piece of shit. So. Do you know the difference between Jake the Snake Roberts and a moth? Jesus. Hmm. One's a big piece of shit and the other one's a moth. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, do you know the story? Yes. You, okay. So for the listeners, just so everybody knows, Jerry Gray was a promoter at one time also. Um... Jake Roberts no showed him. Jake Roberts and and st- got the money up front because Jerry Gray's a nice guy, but then wouldn't show up to the shows. Jerry Gray put Jake up for what a year or something, uh, and and Jake never paid him back or anything. And once Jerry got sick, Jerry ain't heard nothing from Jake. So fuck Jake Roberts and his daughter. <laughs> Who is apparently also his manager. Yeah. But yeah, like I'm I not s- sure if it's the fat one from Beyond the Mac. <laughs> the fat self indulgent too. But yes, uh, go yeah, go fuck, go to the we both. go to the We Can't Wrestle Facebook page, uh click the link for Jerry's uh GoFundMe and give whatever you can to a great guy and a, a really a treasure in the wrestling business. So we're we're behind you, Jerry. We got your back. So guys, before before either one of you gets to any of your topics, before you get to yours, Aaron, I want to play Mount Rushmore. Spur of the moment. And play Rush. <laughs> Monday Warrior. Here comes Gary Von Eric. Uh, Dang. Um Mount Rushmore. I want to know you guys personal. What is your mount, any promotion, any time period, ever, what is your Mount Rushmore of heel world champions? I'm going to go Ric Flair. Okay, he's on mine. Hollywood Hogan. But you're talking years, though. Hmm? Like year for like what Nate Reefrate like no just here. just again just overall out of out of the heel champions of all time who are the four you know who are you who would be on your Mount Rushmore of heel champions right. sorry Kyle I didn't mean to interrupt you <clears throat> no you're, you're well, all right you, br- you brought Flair up and he is also on mine um Flair is Flair's the greatest heel champion of all time. Um, well, why, why, why do you put him on on yours, Kyle? He is the definition of what a heel champion should be. 
he is the kind of guy that he he can work with any talent, still beat them, but get them over. Mm-hmm. They're better for him wrestling wrestled. They're better because they wrestled Ric Flair. And I think you know what he is. What he especially he's what. Especially when the NWA was a, a collection of territories. Because Flair could go into a territory and, you know, have to wrestle Rufus R. Jones, who happened to be the top talent in whatever. What I don't I don't remember. What did he wrestle in Georgia? Alabama? Terrible wrestler. Uh, but Flair would go into that territory and they'd pop the territory because Flair was working with Rufus Jones and he would make Rufus R. Jones be the hero in that territory, you know, so not just, not just being able to work with a Ricky Steamboat or a Kerry Von Erich, but to work with, with Rufus Jones or Nick Goulas or somebody like that. Um, yeah. But he, he has what I think what any heel champion needs to have. And that is the, he, the good ones. He is somebody that, the fans look at him like I, I can beat him. Mm-hmm. I I could take Ric Flair, you know. <clears throat> I put Flair on mine, <coughs> obviously, because I'm probably the biggest Ric Flair mark in this conversation. Mm-hmm. I got three, but Nate, mm-hmm. do you have another? Well, Kyle, yeah, next. Uh, Hollywood Hogan. And he is on mine too. Holly, ho, the, the Hogan, the Hulk Hogan version, the heel. The, what did you just, did... what? I, I think our host just had a stroke. <laughs> Hap Slappy Hogan. <laughs> Hulk Hogan, Hollywood Hogan, that version, um, like you talk about heat. And, 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 you know, it's funny because half of it is his charisma and ability to get the heat, and half of it is his politics and the fact that he held the title so long. And just the fact that he was a constant and that Hollywood Hogan, to the detriment of WCW... But that Hollywood Hogan heel character, that heel champion, beat back all of WCW's big stars. I mean, shit, even, know, even see, Sting. See, what? See, that's what I think with, like, Hogan. Like, when he was a heel. Mm-hmm. Like, people talk about that. Like, oh, he didn't want to put this guy over, and he didn't want to put that guy over. Heel Hogan put a lot of people over. He just didn't lose the belt. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that is what actually makes a good heel champion. Yeah, he was much like Flair in that respect. Like, he retained his belt, but he did it under, like, shitty circumstances or, like, you know, he beat Piper, but, like, like, he didn't beat Piper, but he lost to Piper by disqualification. Or, you know, it's like Hogan... Like NWO Hogan, NWO Hogan, 
would. We're all having strokes. <laughs> yeah. I I smell burnt toast. <laughs> Jesus. Like nothing like a stroke joke. <laughs> all right, sorry. Like the guy would win, but he'd win like like he lost. Oh, how do I want to say it? Like he would lose, but he'd retain his title. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So he retained his title in like a shitty fashion, like a countout victory or a disqualification, or he put Piper over and the title wasn't on the line. Like Hogan was a complete shit. Like the entire time he had the belt, but he always had the belt. But he always retained it or kept it because he either won it in a shit way or retained it in a shit way. Or you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, and on top of that, his heel character was believable, and it was even more believable that Hulk Hogan, heel or face, would be the world champion. Yeah, and then the next week or the next day, he'd go out there and be like, oh, I never lost a belt. And they'd be like, let's see the video. They lost the video. I didn't lose the belt, but we did lose the video. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that convenient? (laughs) Yeah, that's why he was great. Who would be next on your your, uh, Mount Rushmore of heel world champions, Kyle? Oh, the one, the only, Harley Race. Also on mine. You're knocking mine off here. All three of them so far. Harley Race. Harley was... um... The second best Afro in the business. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. The Harley Race is one of the best promos ever. Because, and one of the best heel champions ever, just because of how believable it was. You believed that Harley Race was a badass son of a bitch that would do anything to keep the championship. And you know, it's funny because Harley Race is one of those in hindsight things. Because I know I didn't, and I'm the oldest one here, so you guys either, you didn't, we didn't live through the heyday of Harley Race. So until I hit like 25 and really started watching old wrestling, not old wrestling, old WWF, but old wrestling like 70s NWA, early 80s, I didn't, I didn't realize how awesome Harley Race was until then. Um, so I, I got to experience him later in my life in his prime because to me – in you know, until I was probably in my mid twenties, Harley Race was just King Harley Race, and then the guy that managed Vader, you know. And yep. then you go back. If Harley Race walked in right now, I would pull his chair out, and I'd be just be like, "Hey, did anything, sir?" <laughs> and he's probably walking on like, you know, um, like. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he's probably walking on fucking crutches uh, and all that shit now, but I would still be afraid of that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, is is not some of the greatest heel stuff ever, Harley Race leading up to Starcade 83, just 
with the bounty. <laughs> I love that. I, I don't know why, but I just love that. Or when he's out in that bowling yes. alley parking lot. Yes, I love. That is one of my favorite scenes in wrestling history. What is somebody with... doing right now? Hold on. Okay, <laughs> that's one of my. Oh, are you done? That's one of my favorite scenes in wrestling history. Is Harley Race just standing outside that car, like he just got to the bowling alley or whatever. <laughs> He's like, what the fuck is going on? I'm going to my bowling league. <laughs> He's like, me and the Pendigo girls are trying to... Kabuki! <laughs> Where the fuck is Kabuki? Somebody take the damn money. Yeah, me and the Pendigo girls <laughs> trying to fucking win this goddamn... Week long tournament <laughs> with Allie's up. And I gotta hear this crap about Ric Flair. And I gotta hear this shit about Ric Flair. All right, Kyle. Who's last on your Mount Rushmore? He's last. He is. He's the greatest heel champion of all time because he fucking invented it. Gorgeous George. Gorgeous George. She had some nice tits. Yeah. <laughs> Dig it? Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Snap into it. Mm-hmm. Um, Gorgeous George was the first flamboyant heel, I guess, in wrestling. And... Well, I- he knew he he was the guy that it took it to the next level, and he is the guy that all heels have taken after. Yeah. You know, it, it wasn't just the flamboyancy; it was the fact that you had a guy that he came out. He was cocky. He was, you know. I guess you could say you're right, flamboyant, but at a time when pro wrestling wasn't that, it wasn't the showmanship. Well, and and to be effeminate in the ring in the 1960s, I'm very sure he probably got batteries and shit thrown at him too, a heat-seeking missile. Like you know, who doesn't who doesn't remember? You know, seeing video of Gorgeous George in the middle of an arena telling the referee, get your filthy hands off of me. And then just those fucking people going crazy like this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he he was the originator by which everybody took stuff from. Without him, you would never have had a superstar Billy Graham. You would never have had a Ric Flair. You would never have had... You know, a macho man. You never would have had any of the the talent that. I mean, he was the originator. He changed what being a heel was about. He may have been the first sports entertainer. <laughs> yeah. So, Aaron, who's your? I'm proud. I knocked three off. Yeah, you knocked three off of mine. Aaron, who's your Mount Rushmore of heel world champions? Oh, hold on. Give me a minute. Um, 
One substitute. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because you guys both said Flair. Right. So I had one in case Flair got knocked off. So if it's okay, I'll say I have four. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So Harley wasn't on your like, Mount Rushmore? No, he wasn't. Hollywood Hogan wasn't? No. Okay. Okay, so if you knock off Flair, which you guys both did, um, I would replace Flair with Nick Bockwinkle. Bockwinkle, good choice. Yes, very like, good choice. Like Nick Bockwinkle, even, even more so than Flair, was like the like the epitome of class. You know? Mm -hmm. Like like Flair wore the suits and everything. But, but he but, he, 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 but he, he was skeezy. Well that's what I was gonna say he was kind of a lecherous dirtbag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bachwinkle wasn't like, oh I'll bang this chick in the alley. He was like, eh let's go upstairs and do something. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and <laughs> I didn't have sex with your wife in my car. I had sex in your with your wife in my palatial mansion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I use big words, and I like like I just think Bachwinkle after Flair because I mean Flair was cool as fuck, but Bachwinkle wasn't the going out all night partying, drinking the martinis and the kamikazes. He was the, I'm a classy human being all the time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yep. So, Bachwinkle. And, like I said, we're talking heel champions, right? Heel champions. The next one on my list, <clears throat> and you guys are going to do whatever you want with this, is Triple H. Triple H, what, damn it. Triple H is also on mine. Triple H is... Triple H is the closest thing to Ric Flair and Nick Bockwinkle and Buddy Rogers that this millennium has ever had. Triple H is those guys of this millennium. Anybody that doesn't think that is just one of those internet dweebs that wants to hate Triple H... Triple H is is the best heel in WWE in the past over the past twenty years. He's still the best heel they have. Still, that guy could go out there right now and outperform any fucking heel they have on their entire fucking roster. Mm -hmm. Even though he has old man head, he's <laughs> still the best. You look well, he at... definitely wears it better than Rick, than Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Shawn Michaels is on my list. Just saying. That's the next thing on my list. Unless anybody else says anything about Triple H. Well, I yes, I do, because he's on mine. And he's not anymore. He's <laughs> well he 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 was that heel champion like Harley or like Flair that made you know, people say, uh, well, like you were saying about Hogan earlier, you know, 
he didn't he didn't bury people the way that it was manufactured in fucking wrestling observer and shit that he buried people. Triple H, even if he beat somebody, he put them over in a way and he brought them up instead of bring I can't I I can't name a guy that didn't deserve to be buried that Triple H ever buried. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, Triple H made Rob Van Dam a bigger star. He made Booker T a bigger star. He made anybody he ever worked with that wasn't already at his level or higher, he made them a bigger star. And that's the that's the key to a heel champion. So I, I absolutely agree with that. Triple H is uh, also on my Mount Rushmore of heel champions. All right. And um, we good with that? Mm-hmm. I have a scratch the surface of the like seven topics that I had. But um, the next guy on my list is Shawn Michaels. As heel champion Rushmore. Um, Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler of all time, but he is not one of my favorite heel champions of all time. He's one of mine. And I, I can see I can see where you're coming from. I mean... You know, you talk about yes. That's what I was gonna say. You talk about somebody that's just a fucking prick. I like he kept a lollipop in his mouth the entire fucking time that Ken Shamrock had the ankle lock. Yes. My my. Sorry, Nate. No, that's okay. Go ahead. But if you take an industry that's fake, you know, Mm -hmm. like. Like you were talking about with Ric Flair, with like an like a, um, a Rufus R. Jones. Rufus R. Jones is in no way, at all, in the like talent house of like a Sean, uh, of like a Ric Flair. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Ric Flair, it's almost the opposite of where it's almost the opposite of Ric Flair. Like, Ric Flair made these guys look great, even though they didn't deserve to be. But Sean was a great heel because he took these guys and exposed them. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. I. Like, him being a complete dick made him the great, made him one of the greatest heel champions ever. And I see what you're saying. I just. The only reason, the biggest reason he's not on my list of great, of Mount Rushmore, you know, he'd be in my top 10 heel champions, but he the reason he wouldn't be on my Mount Rushmore of heel champions is because, and it's a personal preference, that's what this whole thing is, um, I prefer Sean as a babyface. I and, know. I and, hated Sean Michaels as a babyface. And... I thought he was fucking... And light. if you think about it, he only had from Survivor Series 97 to WrestleMania 14 as a heel champion. And it was fucking great. It was. No, I'm not saying it wasn't, but I'm just saying personal preference, that's why he's not on my Mount Rushmore of heel world champions. Shawn Michaels' face? Like, Shawn Michaels' baby face? Like it, it feels like it gave me diabetes because it was like too sugary. 
I, I disagree because I think about the matches and I think about the fact that if well, I'm if I'm if, good, I'm if I'm if I'm watching like, if I'm watching through. if I'm watching a babyface Shawn Michaels, you know, there's almost not a better babyface wrestler other than maybe Ricky Morton. Oh, look at my Mexican grandpa. <laughs> I'm talking about in the ring. <laughs> Mexican grandpa. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, who's next on your list? <laughs> and who's next? Whose next face has been carved into the side of your mountain? Bret Hart. Mm hmm. He's actually my last. That's why I left him, because I'd put him over Flair. I'd put him over Sean. I'd put him over Bockwinkle. Fucking Brett as the WWF champion as a heel. You can't fucking touch him. Well, yeah, Brett 97 is my favorite heel of all time. And and, and it is the it is the, the epitome of a heel in that, what does Michael Hayes say? A, a heel needs to believe what he's saying is right. And Bret Hart's heel character was righteous. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I am right. You are wrong. <laughs> and he actually was right. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> you motherfuckers. <laughs> you people are a bunch of fucking sick motherfuckers. Bret, Bret Hart's Bret Hart's 97 run... The Hart Foundation run, all of that is my favorite run for any professional wrestler in the history of wrestling. So, And he had the belt for most of it. So that's what I'm saying. I think like if I put a heel champion on my Mount Rushmore, it would be Bret Hart. So my Mount Rushmore... And I would honestly, and sorry... No, that's all right. I to interrupt you, but he would probably be second on my... Um, like baby face rush Mount Rushmore would be Bret Hart. So there's a preview of there, a future topic. Go ahead. You my, have my permission my, to speak. My Mount Rushmore was Flair race, <laughs> Rick Flair, Harley race, Hollywood Hogan and triple H. So I had a couple of honorable mentions these guys would be carved on the side of the mountain or whatever. They, but uh, the they're at the bottom, <laughs> like they're for the yeah they're 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 before the you get up shop. to the right at the gift shop. Yes, I like that. Um, Chris Jericho, like two thousand eight. Chris Jericho. Oh yeah, god damn, he was so good in two thousand eight, wasn't he? Yes, he was the best thing about wrestling in two thousand eight. I actually liked. Um, Undisputed. <coughs> yeah, Chris. Undisputed Chris Jericho is great too. Because that... it was super disputed. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like... yeah. And he was so proud. Yeah, but that proud, I, I just I have I just love that 08 run. That's just like. And then the other one that I think people people forget about this one a lot. Especially, this one's especially to me personally significant, not only because it's from my formidable years in wrestling, but it's a heel champion in a, a long reigning heel champion in a, in a traditionally babyface territory, and that's Yokozuna. 
Yokozuna gets, I, I think he gets forgotten a lot in conversations like this. Unfortunately, he does. It, that dude could go. He was a he was a great heel champion. He he worked well with pretty much everybody. Um, he did he did he did exactly what a heel champion is supposed to do, which is make you want to you know what I mean. Like from a storyline standpoint, you want him to lose his title. Um, I, I think the only thing that hurts Yoko's legacy is that he was champion during a downtime in the business. Yeah. Um. So I mean, just an observation. You know, Yoko would be on the, he'd be down there in the gift shop at least. I that, agree with you. That's it for that. Yeah, he's down in the he's down in the gift shop. <laughs> Little statues of Yokozuna. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll take we'll take our we'll take our uh, last break, and when we come back. We I have, have a lot of topics. We will discuss Aaron's topics. We our, haven't even in our next segment. Christ. <laughs> Quit your bitching. <laughs> you haven't had to record one of these in like a month and a half. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> you're next. You're the you're next. You're the main event. Quit your bitching. <laughs> I'm always the main event. Hey yo. So we'll take a break. We'll come right from first or last. We'll come right back with more of the We Can't Wrestle podcast after this. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Nate, Aaron, and Kyle here with you. And don't forget to check out our Facebook page and uh, like and share the page. Let people know about the podcast. And uh, actually, let's see. While we're talking about that, let's see how many listeners we have as of right now. I want to thank all of you for listening, actually. Well, probably three. We probably lost some because we haven't recorded in a while. This That's version. It's actually gone up. We have 615 listeners. Yeah. So thank you to all 615 of you because uh, two years ago we had no listeners. So we appreciate your support and uh, keep supporting the podcast and sharing the podcast with your friends. Let everybody know how awesome this podcast is. And speaking of awesome, Aaron... Yeah. <laughs> you said you have topics for us to discuss, so it's your turn. Yeah, I, You're on. You're have, the, the spotlight's on you. I have a joke. Do you want to hear my joke? Yeah. Nate, do you want to hear my joke? Of course I do. It's a political joke. Oh, good. I'm bringing politics. Um, I believe that... Um, 
if Donald Trump's going to build his wall that he wants to build, he should hire the McMahons to do it. Do you know why? Why is that? Because they don't allow anybody to get over. (laughs) (sighs) You know, it's sad, but it's true. (laughs) So is that a good joke? It's pretty good. Thank you. Um, I also think, and you guys will probably not agree with this because you haven't played the game. And I'm not talking about Triple H. I think that Vince McMahon, if he wants to um, get people interested in his show, he should hire the people that um, wrote the Red Dead Redemption games. What's your reasoning? Huh? What's your reasoning? Just really good story or? Oh, it's fucking phenomenal. Have you not played the Red Dead Redemption games? I haven't because I'm going to download it um, probably next week because I'm finishing up the Batman Telltale series. Oh, yeah, you should hire those people too, because those are good too. Yes, they yeah, are. Yeah, such a good fucking story. Yes, but the Red Dead Redemption games, like when you play them, and you get all the way to the end, like <laughs> every Red Dead Redemption game I've played has just ended in just sorrow and despair, <laughs> and then like after you play it and then you play the second saga of it there's just like this person that comes up out of it like I don't want to spoil Red Dead Redemption 2 for anybody but you play as this character and you're just trying to be like this good person and there's all these people around you and there's fucking horrible and then by the end you get stabbed in the back like literally stabbed in the back and it's like this guy was just like a piece of shit and he tries to come back and try to be a good person and by the end of it you're like telling this like you're like telling your mentor no what you're understanding is wrong and it wasn't me it was this guy and by the end of it the guy that like was the real shit heel is just stabbing you in the back and killing you when you die in a fucking mud puddle and you're just like oh god I was the right guy and by the time you're dead your hero is like or not your hero but you're like mentors like holy, holy shit this guy was right now he's dead in a mud puddle it's fucking phenomenal well I don't need to play it now <laughs> I just saved you sixty dollars. Sixty dollars and sixty hours. I have PlayStation Plus, so it only would have been forty-five. But you're welcome. You can edit that out. Oh no, not gonna do that. <laughs> okay, so the Red Dead Redemption's gone. Um, the next thing is a is a sacred cow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wait, hang on. I, I got a wrestling joke real quick. May I? Sure. Okay. How many McMahons does it take to screw in a light bulb? 
Two. None. Because the light bulb screwed in the light bulb. <laughs> light bulb screwed in the light bulb. <laughs> you ready for my sacred cow? I have no sympathy for the light bulb. It's a time honored tradition for the light bulb to light up. <laughs> sacred cow, slaughter one. Let's do this. WrestleMania 6 is boring as fuck. <laughs> Other than a mixed tag and Hogan and Wood, that fucking show is boring. Yeah, they just there's throwing matches out there. They tried. And Brutus you know Beefcake Brutus the fucking barber beefcake beats Mr. Perfect and ends his undefeated streak. Yeah, we've talked about this in previous things. Speaking of which, Brutus yeah. Barber Beefcake Hall of Fame twenty nineteen. Let's make it happen. <laughs> but he'd have to be inducted now as Brutus the Bloated Beefcake. <laughs> well, I mean, Hogan's back, so. Oh, God. One of my favorite things with Jim Cornette is no matter who he talks about, he says indicted. Like, he's like, oh, yeah, that guy got indicted. <laughs> and, and that's a throwback to Bobby Heenan. Because mm-hmm. when Bobby Heenan said that he thought he was getting in the Hall of Fame because he went in the same class as Harley Race, he, he said, "When I thought I was getting put in Harley, putting in, when I thought I was getting put in the Hall of Fame with Harley Race, I thought they said indicted." <laughs> and then when he brought up Harley Race again, he said. Something about Harley, and Harley didn't react. And Bobby said, "Hey, Harley, pay attention, or they're going to start throwing dirt on you." <laughs> and only Bobby Heenan can talk to Harley Race like that. <laughs> yeah, and Harley Race laughed his ass off. <laughs> probably and that's the other reason that Bobby Heenan's the best ever. Probably only Bobby and Owen Hart could have talked to Harley like that. Yeah, Harley loved Owen Hart too. But did you ever hear the story about fucking Owen Hart putting hot sauce in Harley Race's chili? Yes. And fucking Harley <laughs> Race chasing him around with a fucking taser? I believe it. I do too. <laughs> Are you guys uh, ready for my next wrestling question? Mm-hmm. Okay. And... This go this might be stupid or whatever, but these two guys were vice versa with WWE and WCW. Um, you know when Sid was in WCW, the Booker thought, "Oh, this guy's the next big thing," you know, right? And then Luger was in WCW, and they thought this guy's the next big thing. And then when they both went over there, vice versa. So my question is, who's worse? Sid or Lex Luger? Lex Luger. Yeah, Lex Luger. I didn't even have to think about that. Why? Because Sid, people can say what they want about Sid as a wrestler. 
but Sid had a charisma and a connection with the crowd um, that Luger didn't have. Luger always came off as very forced and fake. Like he didn't, like he didn't care and he didn't want to be there. And people could say what they want about Sid getting hurt or playing softball or whatever. But when Sid, he didn't have the greatest promos. He wasn't the greatest wrestler. But you could and tell. They, I'm going to tell you, I agree with you, but that's a great question, right? Yes. All right. But Sid, Sid had, you could tell Sid maybe not necessarily enjoyed having to show up at every appearance, but you could tell that Sid enjoyed the crowd and enjoyed being a performer and enjoyed being a wrestler. And he tried. And, 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 you know, a lot of the credit, I think that Sid is one of Vince McMahon's greatest achievements because Vince McMahon saw this guy that was big as fuck raw bone, big motherfucker, definitely an attraction that cut the most nonsensical promos on the planet. And Vince McMahon was like, you know what? Fuck it. He's psycho. (laughs) And it's, it's perfect. He just, he accentuating the positives. If he can't cut a promo, then we'll just say he's fucking crazy. So none of what he says has to make sense. Well, I dig it. And that's how I felt. And yeah, Luger sucked. Like, I don't. That question. I don't know that there's. I don't know that there's a time that I would ever give allocades to Lex Luger. <laughs> now, I have you ever heard that allocades. promo, Kyle, that I'm re- referring to? What's that? Lex Luger's allocades promo. Yes. <laughs> it's not. It's not now, out. <laughs> now I will say that Lex Luger from like 1989 to like 91 I I dig Lex Luger. I the only time I ever liked I, I liked li- I really liked Lex Luger as a heel when he was managed by like Brown Afro Harley Race. I can't, I, I really, honestly, I can't even really get on board with that. Because it was... Like, when he, feud, <clears throat> when he feuded with, like, Ron Simmons. Mm. I, and and I'm not I'm not disputing what you're saying. I, I think you make a legitimate point. But to me, all they did with Luger, even at that point, was just try to make, make him into Ric Flair. That's all they were trying to do. They were, yeah. the, you know, the, 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 the crowd had rejected, kind of rejected WCW because of what, what went down with Flair. And they tried to create a Flair out of Luger, and it just didn't work. I mean, I see what you're saying, though. I mean, that probably was the highlight of his career for me. Like, I, like, I, and I know you didn't say it, but, you know, like a lot of people say that Luger never had a good match. Luger had great matches. Like, have you ever watched like Lex Luger versus Brian Pillman? Lex Luger versus Ricky Steamboat's good too. Yeah, but and I'm a bigger Sid fan than Lex Luger. But I was just putting that out there that do you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like Vince and at one point looked at Lex Luger and said, "This is the guy," and then 
or at one point looked at. Well, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, whatever. Sorry. Um, the next question I have is. Um, I wrote down, and I'll read it how I wrote it, five awesome gimmicks that should have worked. And my five, I'll see what you guys think. You guys ready? Ready. Five awesome awesome gimmicks that should have worked. Waylon Mercy. Yes. I mean, Kurt, oh, go ahead. We'll do. We can do them individually. <clears throat> All right, Waylon Mercy should have worked. It should have worked, and you know from you know living with me then how big a mark I was for the Waylon Mercy gimmick. Unfortunately, uh, Mister Spivey just didn't have it in the tank because they wanted to get behind that gimmick. Actually, yeah. Um, he just, he didn't have it in the tank anymore. Too many nagging injuries and everything. So it ended pretty quickly, but Waylon Mercy was a fantastic gimmick. And I think that in 1995, if, if Danny would have been able to keep going, it would have, they would have treated it much better than in 2014 and 15 that they did Bray Wyatt and they fucked that all up because of the way they book now. Um, but Waylon Mercy was Bray before Bray was Bray. Alright. Kyle, you got anything on Waylon Mercy? Definitely ahead of his time. Yes. Alright. I mean, it's... Fortunately, he got stuck in that that era of you know, Duke Dumpster drowsies and Bastion boogers and and stuff like that. So Duke the dumpster drowsy, he's just like <laughs> the guy is just tired all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then his his retarded his retarded friend Duke the dumpster dropsy. <laughs> <laughs> I might edit that. I might not. It depends on if I feel like taking no, the time. No, don't edit that. That was good. I feel like I'm taking the time. We're gonna have sixteen. We're gonna have. We're gonna go from six fifteen to six twelve. <laughs> the three. The three guys with dropsy that listen to the show are gonna stop. The dropsy. Yes. <laughs> Look at up. <laughs> Apparently, it didn't matter that we alienated fucking Jake, so... Yeah, fuck Jake Roberts, that fucking fat fuck. Okay. So, <laughs> the five awesome gimmicks that should have been... That I said, Wayla Mercy. The next one is one that I know both of you are going to shit on, but I think it was a great gimmick. And the fact that Eddie passed away... Is what ruined it. Oh, with Curran, Curran White, Curran White could have been one of the most awesome heat-getting gimmicks ever. Uh, I'm a Kerwin big. White was I'm, a, great. I'm a big Chavo fan, but I'm not a big. I'm not a big fan of that Curran White gimmick. 
I'm not either. I... Great. <laughs> so fuck you guys. <laughs> Oh shit! Just move on. I just. <laughs> I mean, God bless you for your opinion, but it would have been a great gimmick. I don't like this uh... Mexican guy out there. Fucking. I just don't see any money in uh, the Kerwin White it... gimmick. Uh, it's not money. It's heat. Yeah, I didn't get any heat either. It's because it only went like a week. <laughs> if if that thing would have got legs, I think Kerwin White would have been a great gimmick. Um, then if that thing would have got legs, they'd look like Hornswoggle's legs. <laughs> the next one is um, it was a it was a WCW gimmick, and it was um, Raven. When he was a spoiled kid. Oh, I love that. Yeah. They should have I mean, done I, a lot more with that. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Raven gimmick anyway, but when they added that layer to it, yeah, I really liked that. Uh, and you're right, it should have got a lot more steam than it did. Um, I think that one got shit on by politics, really. But, um, yeah, most definitely. That... Adding that layer to that character and making him not only a misogynist or a a masochistic piece of shit, but the guy that dresses like that and then goes downstairs at 6 o'clock because mom made meatloaf. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just, yeah, that was fantastic. And um, it almost... It, it, to me, and I don't know the story on it, I'd have to look it up to see if any if they ever talked about it in shoot interviews, but if you look at that, it almost looks like something Scott Levy and Kevin Sullivan would have written together, because I see a lot of Kevin Sullivan in that one. Yeah. And, yeah, but yeah, I totally agree with you on, on that, that Raven gimmick. Alright. Um, Kyle, do you have anything on that? No, not really. Way to contribute. (laughs) Um, The next five awesome gimmicks that should have worked is Carlito Caribbean Cool. Yes, that should have. That's not cool. But it did work. Did it though? That's very fucking long. He had a good couple year run, and, and and you know what? His gimmick was also like his is one. He should have went past, um, right? At pipe for me, like he got fuzzy gimmicks. Right. But no, yeah. the th- the thing is though, he the his gimmick did work. What didn't work was him. Carlito's a fucking asshole, and didn't he was he was a he was essentially a petulant brat and that's what hurt him in the long run the gimmick itself worked like it was over and it was it was from what i understand one of vince's favorite gimmicks so uh, i think that one's one where you almost have to blame the talent 
because apparently Carlito's kind of a douche box. Okay. <laughs> I have one more, okay. and it is um, Big Van Vader in the WWF. The Vader character in the WWF. His gimmick. Now, Vader is one of the biggest misses in the history of that company. Like, Vader could have been... Vader could have been... He could have been a, a challenger for Stone Cold when Stone Cold got hot. You know what I mean? Like he could yeah. have been he could have been on that echelon, and I mean, if by any accounts that I've ever heard, it was it was essentially a, essentially the fact that Vince McMahon just didn't get Vader, like he just didn't get it. He didn't get the 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 gimmick. I guess I don't know. It's kind of a weird one because you you would think that he would because Vader was a big man. You know, like, <clears throat> sorry, like John Tenta or somebody like that, but he, he wanted, I think, I think it came, I think the big, the big thing came to the fact that it wasn't something Vince created. Because, you know, you hear that, you hear the stories now about how he wanted to call him the Mastodon. Like, he didn't even want to call him yeah. Vader. Um, so, yeah, that's totally on WWE for dropping the ball on that shit, because Vader was. Vader's well, awesome we, as fuck. Yeah, well, we've done our top ten uh, big men of all time, and every one of us ranked Vader in like our top three. So he's definitely one of the best big men of all time. Um, but yeah, I think I just think I think he just got rolled over by by Vince not getting it and not wanting to get it. All right, um, Kyle, do you have anything on it? Nope. Thank you for contributing. <laughs> um, I have a yay and nay list. Nate, do you understand what that means? Yay. Yay or nay? <laughs> yay, I do. Yay. <laughs> um, I got five people. Five wrestlers or tag teams, whatever you want to call them, and you can say yay or nay on it. And then, if you guys want to expound on it, we'll do that. And then after that, um, I have another topic. So, this is yay or nay. Nate, are you ready? Ready. Kyle, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to participate. (laughs) There's no right or wrong answer, but chances are Kyle's wrong. Um, Eh, Touche. Can we talk to my (laughs) (laughs) ex-wives? Nate, Kyle, Alex Wright, yay or nay? Nay. I'm going to have to go nay. Nay after uh, nay after nineteen ninety five. No, this is we're booking these people. Oh, would I book him? Alex Wright, yay or nay? Nay, nay. 
Yay. Because <laughs> that guy could, he could do some shit. He could, he could, uh. Alex Wright was actually a really good wrestler. And is still a really good wrestler. In my opinion. But my opinion doesn't matter because this is the A or nay with you two. <laughs> so, Alex Wright, sorry, buddy. <laughs> You're out of here, you German fuck. <laughs> Get you into the oven. <laughs> Ooh. Jesus. Coco, beware. Yay or nay? Yay. Yay. Hey, he's alive. You know what? Uh, Talking about Mean Gene Okerlund? Those are some fun promos, man. Mean Gene Okerlund and Coco Beware from like the mid eighties. That's fun shit. I thought you were gonna tell me there was a fucking Alex Wright. Gene Okerlund interview, but whatever. So Coco <laughs> Beware, he's alive. Yeah, Coco <laughs> Beware's the shit. Coco Beware was right. badass. And you know what? Listeners, and I don't know, Aaron, Kyle, I don't... Everybody knows I'm a big Memphis wrestling fan. You should go back and watch some Coco Ware shit before he came to the WWF. Even back in the early 80s. He had an amazing tag team with Bobby Eaton. In the Mid-South. So, anyway, yes. Yay for Coco Beware. Were they salt and pepper? (laughs) I don't think they were, but they should have been. <laughs> they were like, hey, Waller, push it. <laughs> push it real good. Um, Brian Christopher, yay or nay? Nay. <sighs> nay. It has to be an instantaneous shit, doesn't it? Huh? Like, it has to be... I'm going to say yay for okay. Brian Christopher. Brian Christopher's... And the reason I say that is because I did enjoy Too Cool, but mostly my biggest my biggest yay for Brian Christopher is in Memphis. Like Brian Christopher was fucking awesome in Memphis. I love Brian Christopher in like '97. Yeah, when he was in the WWF, I thought Brian Christopher was a great heel then. See, I would definitely say yay for Brian Christopher. Okay. Brian Christopher's book. Um, above average, Mike Sanders. I'm going to say yay. I'm going to say yay, but I'm going to book Mike Sanders as a manager, not a wrestler. Yep. That's fine. I think I like that guy because he has the greatest fucking nickname ever. <laughs> it is a great nickname, and his gimmick was yeah. great. He was a mar- he was a marginal wrestler, like he was a passable, like you know, indie or mid card wrestler. But as far as a personality goes, I think he was a big miss for the WWE after WCW went out of business. I think above average is the best goddamn nickname. Ever. <laughs> Like, are you great? No. Above average. Are you okay? No. Mm. How are you? I was like, I'm above average. <laughs> great. And then... It's um, about the same with my love life. 
the last yay or nay I have is the Godwins. Yay or nay? The Godwins. The Godwins? Yeah, the Godwins. Yay. Yay. Two good hands. I'm not a fan of Midian after the Godwins. Like... Yeah, I'm not a big, I'm not a fan of him. I'm not a fan of Dennis Knight after the Godwins, but in that team with that gimmick, yes. Okay, so half of my roster's deployed, but the other ones are right. I have two more topics, but I don't want you guys to be whatever. We've come this far. Let's let's finish it out. <laughs> We've come this far. Nate. Yes, sir. You might have to pause it before I go that far. Okay. I'll pause it. I have to pee. So what is next, Aaron? On your okay. Own? I will. Sorry, Nate. I didn't mean to interrupt you. You weren't. Okay, it's going to be either I have two topics left and it's either a wrestling topic or a non-wrestling topic. We'll go with the wrestling topic first. Okay. This is the wrestling topic. And you guys got to listen. Don't interrupt. Who is more out of place? And I'm going to go with three... WWE WWF guys that could be considered out of out of place and three vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. Who's more out of place? Sting in the WWE, Flair in the WWF, or Dusty in the WWF? And then, is it Bret Hart in WCW, Bobby Heenan in WCW, or the British Bulldog in WCW? So out of those three, which is the most out of place in those two companies? For the WWF slash WWE, I say Sting. I agree. We all wanted it, but by the time it finally happened, it was kind of awkward. Hunter hit him in the head with a fucking hammer. and it was... <laughs> Yeah, it was one of those things that was like, oh, I can't wait for this to happen. And then when it did, it was like, take it back. Yeah, it was, it was very awkward. His whole, his whole WWE, like, la- one last dance run was very awkward. And then he got injured. Yeah. So, Which was fucking scary. And then, as far as WCW goes, Bret Hart by far. Like, I I almost like to pretend Bret Hart's WCW career never happened. Because more than Hogan, more than, I mean, I, I'm, I'm cutting it off at like 84, because, you know, we're not talking about Bruno here. But 
Yeah. More than Hogan, more than Randy, more than anybody else. To me, when I think of WWF, I it's Bret Hart. You know, it's Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. And Bret was very out of place in WCW, and their booking did not help that situation at fucking all. <laughs> I agree. And, like, you know, Nate, people talk about when, like, Davey and Neidhart went there. Mm-hmm. And they try to talk about, like, oh, Eric Bischoff fucked over Bret Hart and Davey Boy Smith and um, Jim Neidhart. I don't agree with that at all. Because when you look at, like, Davy Boy and Jim Neidhart when they went there, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah. They were in, they, ba- they were in they bad looked, shape. They looked, they looked like they fit into a fucking goddamn piece of fish that they shouldn't have <laughs> ate. <laughs> like, they looked like they ballooned up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. So I'm glad you agree with that. That fucking Bulldog looked like he... Like, Bulldog and fucking Nightheart looked like they were fat as fuck. Yeah, they got garbage. WCW. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't think that was Eric Bischoff's fault. I think those guys got fucking lazy. And they got fat. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. So I have one more question. Okay. Unless anybody has anything to say about fucking... Um, nobody thought Dusty looked out of place in WWF? No, I thought Dusty fit in perfectly in the WWF. I thought he did too. Dusty's an entertainer. I loved every minute of it. People can say what they want, but he loved every minute of it. Okay. I agree, too. But the last question I have is not a wrestling play question. So, the last question I was going to ask was, it's not even a question. It was what I think is the five most underrated movies ever. Okay. I don't want to do that unless you guys don't want to talk about it. Go right ahead. Ready to rumble. No holes barred. <laughs> Just throw yourself off your, bal- off of your balcony, man. If you're going to see those. Dookie. Okay. These are the five most underrated movies ever. Nate and Kyle, are you ready? Yeah. Okay. These are the five most underrated movies ever. Used Cars. It's a great movie. Used Cars is funny as fuck. Oh, it's a great fucking movie. It's the. It has to be the fifth funniest movie ever made with Kurt Russell. And then there's Stay Tuned. Have you guys ever seen Stay Tuned? Yes. I mean, 
I remember when we were kids, Stay Tuned was on um, Comedy Central like at least once a week at like four in the afternoon. Oh, that's a great fucking movie. <laughs> Stay Tuned is one of the best movies ever made. So John Ritter, if you haven't seen that movie, you should go watch it. And then if you don't like it, you should just throw yourself off the roof. <laughs> and then there's True Stories. True Stories is a great movie made by David Byrne, who is the lead singer of the Talking Heads. True Stories is a great movie. And then... What the fuck just happened? I just heard something zip. And there's Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona is one of my favorite movies ever. Ever. If if you've never seen Raising Arizona, then boy, you got a panty on your head. (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking Nick Cage just trying to buy Pampers. It's great. (laughs) But honey, great movie. I like that. That, That's your fucking, it's like the movie quote. (laughs) <laughs> just Nick Cage trying to buy fucking Pampers. That's great. Fucking Raising Arizona. So, to recap, and I have one more. It's Used Cars, which is great. Stay Tuned, which is fucking awesome. True Stories, which is hilarious. Raising Arizona, which is possibly the greatest movie ever made. And then... There is a movie that maybe even Nate won't like. Is a movie that um, starred um, Charlie Sheen called The Chase. I actually, to be honest with you, I have. I love The Chase. I, I, is that the one with Flea in it? Yeah. Okay. I haven't... Uh, and Henry Rollins is in it. Being perfectly honest, I haven't seen that movie since the 90s. So, I really can't speak to it as far as whether... I remember liking it, but I haven't seen it. I honestly haven't seen it since it came out. So, I really can't say up or down. I'd have to watch it again. It's got Christy Swanson in it, and she's like... A super hot blonde from the fucking nineties, and he like it's just a great fucking movie. Like Flea's in it, Henry Rollins is in it, fucking Anthony Kiedis is in it, Charlie Sheen's in it, Chrissy Swanson's in it. It's a great fucking movie. I'd like to mention, a- I'd like to mention two that come to my mind as I think are underrated movies. Um, one is a Christian Slater movie, the movie True Romance. Oh, that's a good movie. I think True Romance is, is a fantastic movie. And, um, the other one is one of my, and it's right up there with, with Raising Arizona for me. It's one of my favorite comedies ever. And that's Mars Attacks. Oh, Mars Attacks is great. 
Nobody ever talks about Mars Attacks. That movie is fucking fantastic. I like, love when the I watch Mars. Gets small. I, wa- I watch Mars Attacks at least three times a year just to smile. I love when the little general gets small. <laughs> I, at him. I love Jack Nicholson as the president. Like as time goes on, like at first he's like super like happy about the Martian yeah. thing and everything. And then and, at the <laughs> end of it, he's just like, yeah, fuck yeah, it. <laughs> But I love when the little general gets small and he's like, fuck you. <laughs> and then all the fucking Martians are like, yeah, these guys are fucking idiots. I and then love fucking... It. They got Slim Whitman starts playing. <laughs> love Mars Attacks. All right. Well, there you have it. Kyle, unless you have anything else, that's another episode in the books. No, not. I don't got anything else. All right. Aaron? I'm glad I could contribute. Or do I have to... (laughs) Or do I have to cue up some Al Jolson and sign us off here? I don't know. I'm taking that as a yes. <laughs> <laughs> All I'm saying is, guys, come on. Let's get Beefcake in the Hall of Fame this year, guys. Come on. He deserves it. Beefcake. <laughs> oh, the only Beefcake that should be in the Hall of Fame is... Fuck, I don't know. I was just thinking about... Uh, um, What's that 80s movie? Pretty in Pink. No. Is that it? Aaron. What? Is that the one? Is it Pretty in Pink where they say the girl's boyfriend is a beefcake? No, that's... uh, With the long long duck dong? What? It's uh, the 16 Candles. 16 Candles, yes. He's a beefcake. (laughs) (laughs) I love those fucking John Hughes movies. Anyway. If that little fucking Chinaman falls out of the tree. <laughs> long duck dong. <laughs> yeah, like long, long duck dong falls out of the tree. And the grandpa's like, um, like basically like, oh, I hear a Chinaman down there. <laughs> oh. It's funny because I love those movies, but I get them all confused. I can never remember what scenes from which movie, you know? Like, what I was going to say was possibly racist. And I didn't want to say <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to start playing Jolson. All right. Wait a minute, I tell you. You ain't heard nothing. You want to hear toot 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 All right, hold on, hold on. No, listen. Play toot 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 Three chorus here. Mammy. And the third chorus, I whistle. Now give it to him hard and heavy. Go right ahead. Well, wrestling fans, we want to thank you for joining us on episode number 58. Goodbye. Of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Holy shit, 58. 58. I want to remind you to go to our Facebook page, like and share the Facebook, and also contribute to the GoFundMe for Jerry Gray. Let's help him out. Wrestlers entertain us, and uh, much like us, 
None of you can wrestle either. That's why we're the We Can't Wrestle podcast. But when there's a real, legit, true human being out there, a good person in the wrestling business that's suffering, that needs our help, I think we should pitch in. So uh, help out Jerry Gray through his GoFundMe. And other than that, Kyle, yes. tell, tell these fucking fans goodbye. Bye, fucking fans. Aaron. Huh? <laughs> Say goodbye. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening, everybody, on this edition of the We Can't Wrestle podcast. Kyle and I will be back in just a couple of days with the modern product of the We Can't Wrestle. And we'll see you next week.